Hello, this is Notes from the Back Row. A podcast like no other. Different themes, rotating hosts, and so much more. So strap in for a veritable cinematic Coney Island of the mind. Welcome to another episode of Notes from the Back Row, the official podcast of backdashrow.com, champions of unsung and underrated cinema. Updated weekly, you can go to backdashrow.com and find things like this podcast, other podcasts, and essays, articles, and reviews. The latest post on the website as of this recording was my 15 movies for your Halloween watch list uh, article. But... We do podcasts, too, and you can you can subscribe to the feed there on the website, and we have lots of different types of podcasts, but the one that we're doing today is an episode of Hoser Horror, and I am here, as always, with my co-host... Carlo. Hello, it's me. Carlo. What's up? Can I get you a beer? <laughs> uh, back bacon? I'll skip on the bacon, but yeah, sure, <laughs> yeah. I'll have a beer. <laughs> on this show... Talk about Canadian horror movies, B movies, cult movies. Beauty this idea. movie was shot in three B, three beers, and it looks good, eh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you is. haven't heard the last episode, it was with Matt from the Companeros Radio Network, and that's a great episode. So check it out. I also wanted to say I did go on Spotify and make a playlist of all of our episodes so far. Uh, oh so yeah, you can I saw go that. Yeah. Check that out. Um, follow me on Twitter at YCKMD underscore. You can find it there. But yeah, I thought that would be handy. Maybe, mm -hmm, you know, for sure. easy to link out for people. I didn't even know yeah. we were on Spotify, to be honest. <laughs> like, I guess we're on everything. Are we on Apple Podcasts as well? Yeah, we are. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, beauty. <laughs> <laughs> beauty. <laughs> beauty, we're on. Guaranteed we'd be on there. Um, uh, yeah, so... Our theme today is uh, not really themed, but, you know, we did the episode with Matt and it was this idea of the spooky season is upon us. Let's try. So and let's do horror movies. <laughs> yeah. A bit more <laughs> horror stuff. And so, you know, when we look at these movies, we're often purely going on either that IMDb has said it was horror or that the cover art looks like it might be horror. You yeah, know? yeah, exactly. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, we're, we're really going deep down the rabbit hole uh, yeah. at times. As we should. And the more obscure... Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I agree. Um, but the more obscure you get, the more misinformation is out there, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So yeah. We're, we're, we're also here to correct that stuff. And sometimes there's conflicting information. Mm-hmm, true. Yeah, like with Mindbenders as well. Like, yeah, we mentioned on the last episode, not very strictly horror. And, no. and this time as well, kind of got tricked. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? Let's talk about that. Let's get into our okay. first movie of the episode, Blood mm. Clan from 1990. She's an innocent child. She's a bane child. A butcher like all her kin. It's in her blood. It's in her soul. You've seen the bodies yourself. 
He's gone. Since when? Mother tucked him in good night. Timmy's missing. What? Your little darling couldn't do anything wrong, could she? What about the delight she takes in killing the chickens? Those children were mutilated by wolves. Katie's family were no good, Ross. Katie's family? Is that what you're going on? That's invalid evidence. This is from director Charles Wilkinson. Tagline, they said it could never happen again. They were wrong. Starring Michelle Little, who you may remember from Radioactive Dreams and My Demon Lover, and Robert Wisden, as well as Gordon Pinsent from Blackula and Colossus the Forbin Project. Synopsis. A Scottish girl is adopted by the judge who has condemned all members of her family to death. But 15 years later, in the small town she now resides in, murders and disappearances occur. Could her past mean she is the one to blame? Question mark. Filmed in Alberta, Canada. Produced in conjunction with the Alberta Motion Picture Development Corporation, Alberta Funding, as well as Super Channel, which people who grew up in Canada will remember as the pay TV uh, station where you could watch movies and they would do free like free weekends and you could, you know, set your VCR up and tape like 15 movies over the course of the weekend. <laughs> yeah, that was a good time. And also uh, Telefilm Canada here as a production company for Blood Clan. Yeah, so this movie is on IMDb as horror. But if you go to Letterboxd and click genres, it just says drama thriller. And you know why it just says drama and thriller? <laughs> be be because I changed it. Oh, really? <laughs> because, yeah, yeah, I did. It, it used to say horror, like Amazing. IMDb, but I changed that shit because this is, honestly, this is not a horror movie. Yeah. I, I will give it thriller, but yeah, mm -hmm. it's, horror is a real stretch for this one, even more than Mindbenders. I, mm. I, I would say it's thriller, but yeah, it's it's drama thriller. Mur murder takes place, so yeah. does that necessarily make it a horror movie? I don't know, man. <laughs> I, I think... It, you know, the movie itself... It's maybe also the cannibal angle. That's what I was about to say. The movie itself mm. isn't very horror, but the fact that it is about, like, cannibals almost edges it towards yeah, it. Yeah, but then it's also... It's about cannibals, but there's never any cannibalism on screen. So it's more like in the backstory, it's about cannibals. But that's <laughs> it. So, yeah. <laughs> and so director Charles Wilkinson's career... It seemed to go the way that a, a number of, of Canadian directors had this to their career. You see this often where they sort of circle around doing either features or they would do some documentary shorts or He or did a lot films. of documentaries I saw on IMDb. Yeah, and then also television work. I think that's one thing that you see in in Canada is you see these, like I think we've mentioned it on the podcast before, these like journeyman directors where it's like, I'll do yeah, a documentary, yeah. I'll do a movie, I'll do a TV movie, I'll do episodes. Mm -hmm. Like you, you go where the work is <laughs> yeah, yeah for sure yeah so the the debut film from charles wilkinson is called my kind of town from 1984 and what i could find about this movie seemed mm -hmm. like classically canadian feature film it was nominated for two genies it was about like small town it was about like oh people in vancouver trying to get out of the city and like follow mm. like their dreams and you know kind of harkens back to like going down the road just like yeah it's about, i was just you know, thinking about that yeah, yeah. canadian people trying to do what they can kind of thing Doing canadian things <laughs> yeah and it was okay. shot uh concurrently with an nfb documentary about um vancouver i can't remember specifically what but i think it was about like a political or social thing that kind of factored into the movie 
Um, mm. But yeah, so so he was known for that kind of thing. And then in 1990, this was shot in Alberta, again, produced with, with uh, Super Channel. So this was the kind of thing that I can only assume was sort of on late night Super Channel programming, you know, slot mm-hmm. filler in the 90s. Yeah, yeah, definitely feels like a slot filler for sure. <laughs> like it's yeah. not a main attraction. <laughs> um, hmm, yeah. yeah, I mean, not to not to diss this movie. Like I don't dislike this movie, but I also don't oh, don't. I don't know. There's nothing very exciting about it, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, it was. I was really torn on it because, mm. at, you know, you had already watched it and said, you yeah. know, kind of that that much that you know it was yeah. not that notable, but it also wasn't super bad. And and yeah, at first, exactly. I was on the side of this movie. I thought I think it has a really interesting setup. This idea that this judge has ordered all these uh cannibals to be mm-hmm. killed um yeah. and then he gets this kind of like pang of like i can't order this young child to be killed too though and mm-hmm. so he takes her and 15 years later he's now living um with his family and this daughter who's grown up and um you know this this idea that there's murders in the town and we we are going to automatically assume it's the kid who has the cannibal background and yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Tr- Some, the drama sort of that like could come from that prejudice mm. yeah like it's a nice setup for a movie and yeah yeah for sure yeah i i also started to get I, the, by the halfway point of the movie, it almost pulled me around on some of the drama. Mm-hmm. Like there's mm-hmm. some stuff between the main character and the uh, like the sister character who are kind yeah. of like battling for their dad's attention, sort of. Yeah, and yeah, there yeah. was some sort of back and forth about that. And then the wife and there, I was like, OK, I can kind of get the vibe of why this is dramatic. But yeah, <laughs> it, it, but like, yeah, it just doesn't ever. There's no there's no real suspense. No, anything. so no, maybe, for this maybe season, that's what was missing. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. For this season, and what we were going for is it's a bit of a letdown, really. Like, if you had gone in with different expectations or like knowing it's more of a drama movie, mm-hmm. then then fine, I guess. Um, yeah, like it's, it's not my favorite genre, but I mean, I can like drama movies, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. it's also a period piece, and and I generally it's, don't go for period pieces. <laughs> no, same, same. Uh, I was yeah. thinking, is this our first period piece that we've I covered? Think so. Yeah, okay. Off the top like, of my head. Mm, I mean, I was going to say in horror, generally, there aren't a lot of period pieces, but then this isn't really horror. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. I mean, there's some, but uh, still, like, off the top of my head, stuff I can think of is like Ravenous. Yeah. Uh, as as a witch. pretty big, like, period. Oh, yeah. Stuff like that. Stuff the like witch, that. Yeah, more more yeah. recent. But I feel like if you're making a period piece, that can get expensive. It's very much on location shooting. Yeah. Um, you have to, like, travel probably unless you're, like, close by. Totally. Uh, ide- ideal locations. So I did think that the Alberta mm-hmm. landscape for this movie did mm-hmm. double well enough for, like, the That's opening. True. You know? That's true. It didn't look perfect. It did look like this is a Canadian sort of landscape, but I did kind of buy it as like, meanwhile, (laughs) in Scotland or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, actually, this this was the thing I found most interesting about the movie, like the history aspect and like the the notion of Scottish immigrants in Canada. So I went to Wikipedia and looked some stuff up because I have an interest in like uh, geography and and, and history of immigration and all that stuff. Yeah. and you got to give it to this movie, at least it takes place in Canada. Like, there's no mistake in that fact. They even, like, men- mentioned Saskatchewan by name mm-hmm. uh, as being a close-by place, I believe, I'm not sure. 
Um, so yeah, digging into some stuff. Uh, so Scottish people were the first Europeans to settle in Canada, and it's the third largest ethnic group. Like 14% of the population is of can, uh, is of Scottish descent in Canada, mm. and a little less than half of those, um, which is like I believe two million people in Ontario alone, are of Scottish descent. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's. That's a whole lot. And apparently Nova Scotia as well is Latin for New Scotland. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is that I don't know a ton about mm-hmm. about this area of uh, yeah. the discussion, but I do know, I did kind of know off the top of my head, like, oh yeah, like Nova Scotia, apparently yeah, there's yeah. a lot of the population there are uh, people, mm-hmm. for, yeah, that like immigrated and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also like reading about like Vikings and stuff, um, another like thing that I in particular found interesting. So I'm just like going to read the first documented source of Scots in what will become Canada that comes from the saga of Eric the Red and the Viking expedition of 1010 AD to Vinland, literally the land of meadows, which is believed to refer to the island of Newfoundland. And I found that interesting because there's this like really cool manga called Vinland Saga, uh, which is published in English as well. Uh, which is all about that, like uh, a character who is like the main character in that called Thorfinn. That's that's a name that recurs as well in that saga of Eric the Red mm. history uh, thing. So, you know, if you have an interest in manga, I, I definitely recommend that. It has nothing to do with this movie. But, <laughs> no, but I think that's really cool. And I think that that, you know, I think this movie is an admirable attempt to kind of like do something that is, you know, to some degree tangentially related to the idea of like you know it's about it starts in in scotland and it's about Mm -hmm. people that then came to canada you know it's not like a a big factor in the plot but it's you know it's based around this idea uh, yeah it takes place in 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 that setting and and totally i definitely have an interest in that like not i think that's interesting for sure yeah yeah yeah. not not from a horror uh point of view but you know like i have other interests in horror so you know (laughs) but i do think like it it speaks to that idea of like sometimes you see in canadian movies there's a there's an attempt to try and tie it to something like that's going on even if it's not this is a movie about scottish immigrant you know what i mean it's like Mm -hmm. kind of just a thing that the movie is hung on but it works Mm -hmm. i think and i do think this is above average attempt to do that Outside mm-hmm. of the fact that I didn't really think the movie was that interesting, I just think yeah, that yeah. what the movie needed was some dose of suspense, like you said. And I didn't even think yeah, of that. But true. as soon as you said that, I was like, that's so true, because I I liked the drama that was going on. Mm-hmm. I liked the, the synopsis of the movie. I liked the hook of the movie. But there was never any moment in the movie where I was like, I can't wait to figure out who they when they find out who the murderer yeah. is, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, because there is like a reveal and when that happens you're like oh okay but yeah then you're kind of past the point of caring because there's there's like no real i don't know like no momentum building towards that which, totally. which kind of defeats the purpose of having a reveal <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah i find it's really hard to nail the movie that exists as a is our main character the murderer or no mm-hmm. you know what i mean like it's mm-hmm. i can't off the top of my head i can't think of very many movies that really really do that well there's a few mm. i think but but I, I do know i feel like i've seen a lot of movies where you're like oh i'm having blackouts and then there's murders and you're like <laughs> i know it's not you <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah yeah i mean off the top of my head it's 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 kind of a tough question because that's such a specific plot point there's like movies that have like ambiguity towards like is the main person like 
I'm thinking of like stuff like Psycho 2, where it's about mm-hmm. Norman Bates, but he's he's out of prison and he's reformed, but there's still like murders happen, and it's like, is 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 he back at it or what is happening yeah. exactly? That's a good example of that. Yeah, that movie works really well, but it's definitely an exception uh, in in more ways than one. Yeah, that movie works so well for that because the idea that it could be somebody doing murders to try and implicate him or. Mm-hmm, yeah. You know, or it could be him and he's not realizing he's doing it. The the mm-hmm. sort of like push and pull between that really works dramatically. Like you're like, oh, shit, yeah, somebody yeah, could actually sure. yeah. be doing a copycat that movie rules. thing. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. totally. Um, but yeah, I agree. I think the reveal at this end of the movie was just like, oh, yeah, I knew it wasn't her. And uh, I knew I, now it's somebody, some guy. Uh, apologies for the yeah. spoilers. I won't say who it was, but <laughs> yeah, it, it, it needed a dose of suspense. It needed some kind of a driving force. Mm-hmm. Um in terms of like the mystery it's really just like a guy saying it's her and then the father being like that's you prejudice you have no evidence you know what i mean it's just like that over and over yeah, again. yeah yeah they don't take it far enough really and also she's she's pretty likable and she doesn't ever it doesn't it never feels like she's the one behind it really yeah so that i did also, I, I enjoyed the the dream sequences this idea that like mm-hmm. she is remembering her past as the movie goes on and doesn't fully understand exactly how like horrific what she was involved in was and you kind of she kind of like keeps having these flashbacks and understands more and more as the movie goes on but yeah again didn't really coalesce into like an interesting movie <laughs> that much no yeah it was no. well produced <laughs> yeah yeah, it is. I mean, it's it's not a poorly made movie. Like, it's not amateuristic or anything. Uh, it's just like on a script level, there's there's just not enough oomph to it. Um, yeah. That that's really the only issue with it. And even no matter if you're expecting horror or something else, like I doubt it will work very well as a, as a drama outside of like expecting it to be a horror movie i'm trying to think like why did we pick this movie? I think you gave me a couple of titles and then I picked yeah. two. And it, yeah. It was just a movie that was on our Hoser Horror list that I've seen the cover of a million times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were going to get around to it eventually. And I thought it was a horror movie just because the cover had a spooky kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's called Blood Clan as well. Like a movie with blood in the title. That's that's more often than not a horror movie, yeah. I feel. Buy me Blood Clan or go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I also... Yeah, it, it, it has like a pretty good like average rating on letterboxd even though like only like 20 or so people have seen it so that doesn't mean a whole lot but i know like two of my mutuals have seen it and gave it like three four stars so i was like okay this might be good might be just be a movie that no one has seen but it's secretly good Mm, (laughs) yeah i know um on letterboxd mirthbound gave it a really high score Do you follow Mirthbound? <laughs> this is a person who easily they give a lot gets of high, high scores. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that name around. Okay, yeah, it's it's like never, barely ever below four. So, you know, <laughs> one of those people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which but is fine, I, you know. Yeah, and and their their name appears on a lot of really cool stuff. But yeah, there's a lot of True. times where I've been like, oh, five stars. I've got to check this out. And then you're like, oh, <laughs> doesn't always mean something (laughs) like you have to see how they rate you know some people just rate generously and others (laughs) don't and i feel like we're both pretty in the middle in 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 terms of rating like uh 
sometimes give a high score rarely give a very low score yeah yeah i i find lately i'm more inclined just to not rate something you know instead of being Mm -hmm. like oh one star half star i hated it i'll just be like that this wasn't really (laughs) yeah yeah i i I also don't enjoy doing that really um yeah or or i think i do think we're both similar on the well if i liked it and it had a certain kind of I don't know what, then I'm just gonna mm-hmm. give it five stars. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know, uh, even if the movie's not perfect, like it's just yeah. I don't know. Sometimes it just feels good to give like a five star rating yeah. to something. The science crazed and the ra- Rockulas <laughs> of the world. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, even I didn't give Rockula five stars, even though I like that movie. But <laughs> yeah, that's mm. funny. Yeah, so oh, well. I think that's a very Canadian take on Blood Clan. I think both mm-hmm. of us felt very like, yeah, for, you know, it's well made, well shot. I think it could be cool to see this. You know, I'm I'm always calling Are for you... like, let's see this with a better print. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. you know, just because it's Canadian and I want to see movies get their due. But yeah, it's well well done. It feels like the kind of thing that you would watch on TV and be like, pretty good. And so uh... yeah. In terms of rating, are we giving it an A for effort? Yeah. Or do you think uh, that this movie was worth uh, five bucks? All in all, it was a good five dollars worth for me and my whole family. <laughs> <laughs> Look, if I paid five dollars for this movie, I, I, I don't know. I, I wish I hadn't. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, it's on our YouTube, so you know, Crowd Buddies YouTube, check it out. So if you want to see, if it, you want, go there. All right. Well, then, from Alberta's Blood Clan, let's get to. Evil Judgment from 1984. Defense arguments had centered on allegations that Judge Robertson had suffered a nervous breakdown after the murder of his wife and should have been declared incompetent to render judgment on the accused. Hey! You know, I have half a mind to start looking. That would fix him. Well, that's just about all the mind you'll ever need. How would you like to earn a week's salary? I couldn't be. I got this regular customer, and he'd pay a fortune to have two girls at the same time. This is directed by Claudio Castrovelli, starring Pamela Collier, Jack Lendigic, Walter Massey from Happy Birthday to Me, Nanette Workman, and more. The synopsis is a homicidal maniac becomes judge, jury, and executioner. Synopsis. A girl starts her own investigation after the police fail to catch a local serial killer. This was produced by Taurus 7 Film Corporation, uh, distributed by Astral Films in Canada. Uh, it saw a, a theatrical release in America, and it was filmed in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. I gotta say, you really butch- butchered that Jack guy's oh, name. Oh yeah, I fucked it <laughs> up major. That... I was, as I said it, I was like, I'm gonna delete that. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's like a, I, I, I'm assuming this guy has like Dutch heritage because it's pronounced Jack Langedijk. Langedijk. That's Langedijk, yeah. Um, probably, but I don't know. I feel like him and his family probably didn't pronounce it like that either. Uh, it has to be like the North American pronunciation of that, which is, I don't know, Long Dyke, maybe Long Dyke. Yeah, I can imagine that. I'll just uh, edit 
you saying it in. <laughs> <laughs> or you just leave everything like it is, you know? <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> but then people will know I'm terrible at pronunciations. <laughs> oh, no, your secret's out, eh? I know. Yeah. <laughs> so this movie, okay. Great poster. Oh, yeah. Great, pro great poster, splashy blood gavel. <laughs> yeah, face in the blood. Yeah. Uh, oh, <laughs> we should have said off the top of the episode, it's a judge episode. Two movies about judges. Oh, yeah, yeah. Accidentally, because I didn't know. And yeah. I don't think you either, that Block Clown no. was about a judge. But I like when um, that happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, <laughs> serendipitous. <laughs> yeah. So I, I looked up Taurus 7 because mm -hmm. uh, Cla Claudio Castrovelli is the person who created Taurus 7. And I found an okay. interview with a Canadian director, uh, mm. the name Doug Harris, made a movie called Remembering Mel, which was like a uh, mockumentary-esque movie um, mm. in the, I think, late 80s. And mm -hmm. so they were saying that Claudio Crassavelli um, was planning on taking Montreal by storm after having <laughs> worked with Roger Corman. So oh, you work with Corman, okay? Did cool. some work with Corman, um, and then was like, "I'm going to go back to Montreal and do kind of the same thing." Okay, okay. And kind of like make lots of movies and try and make lots of money. And so apparently, according to Doug Harris, Tour Seven was touting in um, press releases like, "You know, we have a two million dollar project to develop, you know, talent, burgeoning students that you know are going to be filmmakers. You know, we'll, we'll do this or that and." and try and support mm -hmm. all these people's careers. But Doug Harris was saying like, you know, just cause they printed that doesn't mean they actually did it. And he had just kind of mentioned that he was hanging out around Taurus seven and got some kind of a job on the set of the blood root with Nanette Workman. And then I kind of figured out that I guess that was what they were calling evil judgment. While they oh were yeah. Yeah. It. Yeah. Cause that same actress is an evil judgment. So it has to be, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's the Hundreds. only Taurus 7 movie that she was in, I think. Or, yeah, there, it just seemed pretty obvious. Like, okay, Bloodroot became uh, Evil Judgment at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nanette Workman has been, in terms of 80s movies, only Evil Judgment, it says on Letterboxd, mm. at least. Yeah, uh, so there you it's go. It's been a, some 90s, 2000s. But, yeah, it has to be this, yeah, for sure. Mm. for sure. And so I don't know exactly what claudio did with roger corman i was trying to find oh, it yeah, i was wondering about that yeah. yeah i'm not exactly sure what he was doing over there i i didn't look too deep i remember i tried to do some searches around their names together and it mostly just brought up that interview of him saying like you know he yeah, was working yeah, yeah. yeah with i mean there's nothing in terms of his imdb credits that points to roger corman really when i look at it uh, everything pre-evil judgment is like french stuff and and that's not corman there's, there's this thing called up uranus from <laughs> 1971 that he produced and wrote uh it's a drama but has nothing to do with roger corman so no, no fucking clue. <laughs> yeah, maybe it was like some behind-the-scenes financial stuff or something. Maybe, yeah, who yeah knows? maybe he saw Roger Corman at a restaurant once. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah, you never know. Bullshit, bullshitters are gonna bullshit, you know. <laughs> Not calling Claudia up, but... Mm. It, it did seem like his early career um, was sort of adjacent to the kind of maple syrup, uh, maple syrup porn, like not actual 
you know, pornography, but there is like a kind of like sexy comedy era to his nudie cuties. But yeah, so he did like some of these early kind of like nudie movies, I guess. And he did mm-hmm. like, uh, there was one that was like super women or something. And it, it seemed more like a teenage kind of like, I think on the poster art for that one, it said like the best like comedy duos, hilarious movie since Jerry Lewis and Dean Martin. And it was kind of that kind of vibe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this, at this guy's ladder box now and there's some funny stuff on there. Uh, he produced a, a movie called Antoine's angels from 1982. But if you look at the poster, the fr- the French title is, Du super dingus? <laughs> yeah, that's du, the movie du, I'm talking about. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. Yeah, that's du, the one that's kind of like super women or du something. Du super dinguses. <laughs> <laughs> I did a I did a translation of that image because it's called, it's called like two super crazy girls or two super crazy women or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, or it might just be called two super crazy. Um, but okay. yeah, that's like oh, I've you know a spy movie. It's yeah, I I, I did look at that one yeah, yeah, yeah he also directed snowboard academy with jim varney and Corey haim oh directed uh, it uh oh sorry produced produced yeah produced, produced it. it yeah yeah, yeah. have you ever seen that i have oh have you <laughs> i did yeah any recollections i i have a recollection a very specific recollection of a joke from that movie that my friends used to quote all the time <laughs> oh jesus really? i don't remember it being any good at all i'm sure it's a terrible movie uh, probably yeah, yeah. but um, uh yeah cory Haim, bridget nielsen yeah yeah bridget nielsen as well oh joe flaherty yeah maybe we'll watch mm. it for a bonus episode around the winter <laughs> <laughs> of, of hoser hilarity <laughs> um, all of this is to say evil judgment from taurus 7 film corporation this was completed in 1981 so it had a it had a moment where it could have you know come out right around the time 1981 1982 this is when slasher movies were yeah, big year know, yeah f- yeah firing on all cylinders in America mm-hmm. for um, sure but apparently post production problems uh, caused it to end up coming out in 1984 instead sat mm-hmm. on the shelves for three years and went straight to video for me this movie. I said in my review, it kind of sits near Stone Cold Dead and American Nightmare to some degree on the, like, Canadian slasher slash thriller that is vaguely Giallo-esque, like, mm, black Love killer, not really Giallo in the, like, execution, but sort of feels it. Has it. some <laughs> elements, yeah, 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 I can see that. It's, 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 it's pretty unconventional, though, the structure of this movie which was one of the few things that I enjoyed about it. Well, enjoy is maybe <laughs> almost given a high praise, but... I, I like will the, say I was into it for a bit. For a bit, yeah, same. Like, same with Blockland, uh, up until a point, and then after that point, it was just kind of getting hard to pay attention because um, you're not very involved anymore. Uh, the movie just sort of loses you. Yeah, no, like I said, the structure of this movie is like kind of unconventional. Like some stuff happens to this girl. She agrees to this like prostitution gig, basically. For Yeah, it's like the, the woman who's the main character has a really asshole boyfriend. And she also has a, a best friend who does prostitution and they they get into a big argument the boyfriend and her and so she ends up like saying to her friend like i don't know what to do right now i got kicked out of my boyfriend's place or my partner's place and that woman is like well come up to this cabin you know and i know make a lot of money 
I know a guy with 200 Canadian dollars, question mark. (laughs) She does this shit for 200... I'm I'm just going to assume at this point it's 200 Canadian Mm -hmm. dollars. Like, I don't remember the movie being specifically not in (laughs) Canada. So 200 Canadian dollars, that's like even less. That's like, well, 50 US dollars. I don't know. It's it's, it's not a a whole lot. Like, to give up your life as a waitress and go have sex with some creepy guy in a mansion Mm -hmm. i'm like girl what are you doing this is she kind of her friend kind of says like you won't really have to do anything you know like you yeah you can kind of just be there but yeah (laughs) so yeah okay come come be there for 200 canadian dollars that's i don't know i found that whole plot point a bit insane like if it was more dollars uh like a higher amount and she was like really strapped for cash or anything it, it it would have made more sense motivationally, you know. If it was like two hours of work for two hundred dollars, are you getting a hundred dollars an hour? Hey, not too bad. <laughs> yeah, but this is not like you know a typing job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> come on, I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and she she's like, okay, <laughs> sure. Yeah, sure. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Go to a remote-ish mansion. Why not? Yeah, and and watch a bunch of people get killed, and then she wakes up a hospital and doesn't remember what happened. I know there's there's like a lot of like weird back and forth in this movie that I haven't really seen in another movie because it's 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 kind of like messy the structure. But at first I'm like, okay, it's it's messy, but because it's unconventionally structured i was interested in seeing how it played out like i wanted to know what actually happened at that mansion but it was also i don't know it ended up being just more like confusing and frustrating and not very exciting and definitely not satisfying enough to wait around to find out what happened because i actually don't remember what happened in the end (laughs) Um, yeah well it i did think i i as well thought that like i enjoyed the setup of them going to the mansion and it's kind of intercut with this guy who has escaped from somewhere and he, he murdered like a nurse at the opening of the movie and shows up at the mansion and murders everybody and tries to murder her, but we don't really understand what happened, but we know that she didn't get murdered and she wakes up in the hospital. And when the cops aren't doing enough to investigate these murders, then she decides, like, well, then I'm going to look into this. And up until this point, I kind of thought, this is pretty entertaining. There was a couple things in the opening where at the restaurant there's a guy who's like this soup tastes like piss give me a new bowl of soup and then they oh give yeah him a new yeah bowl that's, of soup. that's and then he's like, my favorite yeah. part of the movie basically it the still soup tastes now. like the... piss so he yeah. pees in it yeah <laughs> yeah yeah pop <laughs> poppy does a pee pee in the soup <laughs> yeah and so that was that was pretty hilarious and and i enjoyed the whole setup of like okay now she's gonna investigate but i, I, I did feel like everything from that point on like the investigation wasn't that interesting it just they did none of the other stuff really seemed to to click it was like hey man for a fuzzy bargain bin slasher like you almost had me you you kind of hooked me and then and then you would let me off the line it was just very and then by the end of the movie like you said you're like okay it was that guy (laughs) (laughs) whatever (laughs) yeah yeah it's, it's very much whatever and also i'm just i'm just pissed that the movie poster lied to me you know yeah no no gavel I'm, I'm, in the in the blood 
Yeah, I mean, just go look at that poster, Evil Judgment, 1984. That's 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 a great movie poster. Just, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's also part of my list, uh, movie posters, taglines, summaries, whatever, that make me laugh. Yeah. Um, like, I don't know, I wanted a face, a, a, a face in blood. And yeah. that obviously doesn't happen in this movie. Like, I'm so used to movie posters lying to me, and usually I'm fine with it. But yeah. I, yeah, I, I did yeah, think that I wasn't the... into this movie, so it was worse. It, it's worse when movie posters lie to you when the movie isn't any good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just felt like this idea of it being an escaped asylum person murderer who is like the the gist of his murderer character is that he's going around like punishing impurity like you know these people that are sex workers i'm gonna murder them but like when it turns into she's gonna look into this the mystery of it i didn't feel like those two things fit you know what i mean like is it an escaped maniac movie or is it a serial killer investigation like uh -huh, exactly like it, it, it felt like it didn't they don't fit together, you know? No, I, I no, either no. want it to be a senseless murderer or I want it to be, like, a clever mm -hmm. murderer, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, same. It, uh, it's kind of neither. Kinda <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny. Like, I just finished watching uh, Bubba Hotep. I'd never seen it before, the Bruce Campbell, Don Coscarelli movie. And I sort of had, I don't know, I like that movie better than, than Evil Judgment, but I had sort of the same issues with that movie. Like, it, it doesn't, it can't really commit to a tone or a genre really like is it a comedy is it a horror if it's a horror it's not very atmospheric and it's also lacking suspense and i don't know i had a weird feeling about the movie like the more i think about it the, more, the less i like it even though like while i was watching it i was fine with it i was like yeah this is fairly amusing but same thing with evil judgment it's like i don't know just keep it simple in the end that's that's always the best way to go especially with, with genre cinema like the more plots and and the more you you fuck with your structure it, it just doesn't pay off uh unless you're like really fucking clever and a really really good writer but i don't know <laughs> even then i feel like the more i don't know like lean stories work the best yeah i don't remember i i saw bubba hotep at the time i remember enjoying mm -hmm. it i was a, mm -hmm. a bruce campbell fan but yeah it's been i probably haven't seen it since 2003 so yeah yeah, yeah. okay yeah i remember back in the day uh, i was also i mean who isn't a big bruce campbell fan like everyone who uh who's a horror fan is basically an evil death fan i feel like it's such a classic and, and bruce campbell's performance in that as well so then this new horror movie with bruce campbell is coming out and it has pretty good review so i was like okay i need to see this and i remember back in the day putting it on like after 20 minutes i'm like you know this this is no evil dead uh so i just turned it off i'm like yeah i'll, I'll check in with it uh like i'll circle back around to it in due time and now it's like we're like 18 years later and i finally watch <laughs> it until the end which Did is you kind see of insane john dies at the end no no i haven't the other um, coscarelli joint very kind of like they're similar in the sense that they're like weird, funny movies. Like they lean on the weird. Yeah, I, I just don't know about the sense of humor. Then I guess like with Bubba Hotep as well. Like a lot of the comedies, like ooh, uh, Bruce Campbell is an old man who thinks he's Elvis or is Elvis. I don't know. Um, and he's like looking up panties and talking about like a weird growth on his dick. I'm like. I'm not sure if I enjoy this really. Like I'm way more into the sl into the slapstick of evil that it's it's I don't know, it's more I don't know, wholesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
Yeah, so Evil Judgment, yeah, like, you know, we reviewed... What's the judgment? Recent, <laughs> well, we reviewed recently with Matt that other slasher, what was it, Possession? Possession. I definitely was a bit more interested in this movie, but it was almost more of a letdown that it, it turned into a disappointment, whereas Possession was kind of a disappointment all the way through, and I was just able to, like, <laughs> have it on in the background. Yeah, Possession is just, like, pretty much start to finish a flat line, and this sort of gives you hope like okay I'm, I'm interested in seeing where this goes and then you're let down like possession there's no let down because it's i don't know there's no feeling <laughs> whatsoever so so, uh, so you wouldn't worse. spend five bucks on it all in all it was a good five dollars worth <laughs> for me and my whole family just gotta keep using it <laughs> imagine going to that movie with your whole family and like spending five dollars yeah. <laughs> to watch evil judgment or block clan with your whole family <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah you're not you're not gonna pick another movie the next time i feel <laughs> but yeah evil evil judgment as well on the crud buddies youtube if you want to watch it yeah two two movies two sort of disappointments two movies that are very stuck in between things i think that was kind of what's going on here today uh, yeah, not not the uh, hard horror we're sort of aiming for this season, but we'll, we'll do better on on our next picks. I feel like we wanted to do some anthologies, so that might be next, but we'll see. Definitely. So that is our episode: Evil Judgment and Blood Clan. As always, you can go to backdashroad.com and find our podcast there. You can subscribe on iTunes and Spotify. You can follow me on Twitter at YCKMD, which is also my username on Letterboxd. And Carlo, where can people find you? I'm also on Letterboxd, as always, at Carlo Goes Boom. Uh, and I am on Twitter at SolarFox. Um, yeah, beauty. Can... <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Beauty. What, what were you going to say before I blasted you with that? Uh, yeah, beauty. No, no, nothing. I don't know. Uh, I guess I was just going to say, like, uh, if you just search Zolar Fox on Letterboxd, I will pop up as well because I have that uh, my Twitter listed on Letterboxd. Oh, okay. So you can nice. just search for Zolar Fox on the internet and you will find me. Yeah, beauty. <laughs> All right. That was Hoser Horror. Thank you and goodbye. See you. Yeah. 